Nice and tidy today, so you can get a full dose of Kyle. I want I want this to be a Kyle Haywood heavy episode. <laughs> no, well, I think uh, I'm not sure when Steve will be back. He's he's just enjoying his family as he absolutely should be. Um, whenever he's ready to hop back on, of course we we welcome him with open arms. And then uh, Jason, Jason is officially, I think somewhat moved in and, and has a little bit of an office set up for recording. So he should be hopping on at some point here soon. But Logan, there's a lot going down in the WNBA. Yeah. There's, there's, we, we hopped onto our Twitch, uh, stream right now. We're recording this live on Twitch. So if, again, if you haven't, uh, joined us on Twitch or you haven't checked this out, you definitely need to come hang out with us on, on some of these Twitch streams. Um, as soon as we hopped on immediately chat started blowing up with a bunch of questions and discussion points that everybody wanted to hit, uh, as at this point in the season and what's happened over the last few games and whatnot. So, uh, super fun, uh, super fun stuff for us to, to chat about. But Logan, before we hop into our, uh, our questions coming from our Twitch chat, and some other questions that you and I have for each other. Um, let's go ahead and, and let everyone know where they can find us and uh, what's the best way they can get in contact with the show. Yeah, obviously you were uh, able to find the podcast because we are everywhere that podcasts are found. But you can also get in touch with us on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. You can uh, support with uh, with the Twitch uh, TV WNBA Nation channel, as Kyle mentioned. Uh, we also have a merch store. Uh, where you can get uh, uh, Be a Nobody merch and WMA Nation stuff to support your favorite uh, women's basketball podcast. And some of the funds, uh, if, if you order the, the I'm a Nobody t-shirts, those funds go to uh, take, taking people that have not been to W Games yet, uh, sending them to games with tickets, which is really cool. Uh, we like started our show on that foundation because we were given the opportunity to attend games and it kind of changed our lives. So we do that through the merch store. Uh, the, the last thing that I'll touch on is we do not have a Patreon. You might have noticed we, if you're a longtime listener, we used to have one. Um, we changed it in, in kind of a way that we feel, thought would help you guys the most, which is you can now subscribe with your Amazon Prime subscription. Um, you can like subscribe once a month to a Twitch stream and support like it doesn't cost you anything, but like we get financial support that way. And that's leading to improvements that we've been able to make to the show, uh, which is really exciting. So if you get on Twitch and you give us the subscribe, that helps us out a ton. A couple people didn't know that we pushed it out on Twitter the other day and people were like, Oh yeah, cool. And it's a really easy thing for you guys to do. It helps us out a ton. 
Uh, and then the last thing, I, f- I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but we did just get uh, some recent five-star reviews that we were re- able to read on the show, and we love those so much. Those help us get found. We are now a top 100 basketball podcast on Apple Podcasts because of your five-star reviews. So thank you for that support. You guys are awesome. The WMA Nation is going strong, and I'm excited to get into everything that's happened in the last three days, including five games that were played tonight, earlier Woo-hoo. tonight. So. Uh, Logan, let's, let's run through just a couple uh, of these highlights real quick. Um, as far as the games go, let's hit these first. And then obviously we've got some questions from the chat that we're going to want to hit. Um, some questions that I have for you and some other things that you and I want to discuss. First of all, um, there was five games today that, uh, that happened, but I want to actually go back to last night at the game that was played last night between the Mercury and the Sparks. Now, LA came out with the W here, um, had a pretty strong first half and, and got out to a decent lead. However, Phoenix kind of rallied in the third and fourth quarters and, uh, just couldn't quite put it together enough right at the end of the game. And LA ended up coming out with a W. However, I got a question for you. Which team does this tell you more about? Does that make sense? Is Does this tell you that, that Phoenix is struggling, or does this tell you that the Sparks are succeeding, or is this just a hmm. kind of a fluke game? Who... If, if this team plays a, a series in the play... Or these two teams play a series in the playoffs at this point, who are you taking? This game, I'm going to say the LA Sparks because I think the Sparks won this game more than the Phoenix Mercury lost it. Okay. Uh, I sometimes I know I know that phrase doesn't make a lot of sense, but um, I really believe that the Sparks went in and seized this opportunity to get a win, and they're kind of doing that. They're you never think of the LA basketball team or sports team in any league as like the the scrappy like underdog, they like to play that up a lot, but like usually that's not who they are. That's kind of who these sparks are. They're, they're seeing if they can find a way to stay at 500 and keep themselves in playoff uh, contention. And the Phoenix Mercury are going through some problems right now. So despite a 30 point 10 rebound night from Brittany Griner, who is having a great season, but it's not necessarily leading to Mercury wins, which is mm. something that we'll touch on later. Uh, I think the Sparks took this one and they did it because Erica Wheeler, their big offseason acquisition, went 18 points, five rebounds, 10 assists uh, and obviously had the big shot at the end of the game to kind of put a put a dagger in it. So, uh, you know, a good two really good performances, two teams that both needed to win desperately. The Sparks came out with the W. They'll get another chance to face off here. Uh, when are they going to play Friday? Uh, they're going to play in L.A. Friday again. So we're going to be looking out for that. But I, you know, we're an Erica Wheeler pod. We love Wheeler. I like seeing Wheeler play well. And I, I think, I think behind her, her leadership and her play, they were able to win this game. Um, <laughs> here's, here's where I, I feel like we've been a little bit critical of Brittany Griner and for good reason in the past. Brittany Griner has been playing phenomenal basketball this season. It's not resulting in wins. And that's kind of frustrating. I don't know why. Um, I, I am the first to call out Brittany Griner for kind of her play in the bubble. Um, I felt like everybody was going through a lot in the, in the bubble. And so I don't want to like come across like too strong there. 
but when if everybody was struggling in 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 the bubble, I just she seemed very disinterested. Probably just it seemed like she was kind of going through the motions. She's come out and she's played a lot harder this season. However, I don't know what's up with Phoenix. On paper, they look stacked. If you've got a Brittany Griner that's playing really well. And then you've got Kia Nurse and Shea Petty off the bench, and you've got, uh, you know, Skydig well, and I can, Kia Vaughn. If you want, and I, I can point I, yeah, something let's hear out it. to help you. Me, help me understand what's going for, on with Phoenix. I, I think on paper they look good because you don't look at their depth behind mm. Reiner. Uh, it's not There's not much as far good. as size. Um, yeah, I, I think when Griner was off the court, that's when the Sparks True. did the most damage. Uh, you couldn't really afford to have Vaughn in there for very long. She only played 13 minutes this game. Uh, so you, you have Griner out there for big minutes, and obviously she's making him count. She shot 10 of 16. She got a bunch of rebounds, but, you know, Skydig, she poured in 15. She was helping out. Sophie Cunningham had a really good game trying to do the best she could. She hit three three-pointers en route to 16 points. Um, I know some of you out there are big Sophie fans. So we wanted to mention that. Yeah, Sophie getting the start and doing a lot with it. I was really impressed. I think that was a that was a bright yeah. spot for the yeah. Phoenix Mercury to be like, oh, maybe we got maybe we should have hitched our wagon to Sophie a little earlier. Maybe we should have given her some more opportunities quicker. Yeah, but yeah, the depth the depth for this Sparks or uh, sorry for this Mercury team. Uh, they shot three of fifteen. Uh, their bench players did for eight total points. They got outscored 21 to eight in this game in a, in a, in a five point game where they only, you know, you could see Phoenix lose steam in the fourth quarter. They only scored right. 14 points in the fourth. Um, and defensively, they were trying to stay in it, but they just didn't have the, the firepower. They didn't have the gas. No, I, I, I think yeah. that's accurate. I think that they've, they've lacked some depth. Brianna Turner is really solid. Um, on the defensive end, um, you know, I think there's a lot that, that Turner does that don't necessarily always show up in the stat sheet. However, scoring wise outside of Griner, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of rough on the interior for sure. So depth is a big issue there. Um, obviously we're missing some, some Diana Tarasi. If Tarasi comes back and, and adds another spark, that's just one more threat out there on the, on the court that you have to account for. Um, I don't know. That being said, Phoenix didn't play bad. This wasn't a bad game from Phoenix. This was a really good game from the Sparks. Yeah, they, they really didn't. It's, it's just that depth piece. Like I mentioned, I, I think both, uh, the Sparks and Phoenix are going to struggle this year when the reserves are in. They just need to get the most that they can from, For sure. from those starting fives. And in this game, I think it was the Sparks bench that made the difference that, you know, you look at the shooting across the board, the shooting's pretty even. Sparks definitely shot better from two point land, but like three point shooting wasn't really the difference. Uh, free throws were a major difference because Griner was getting to the line. She, she did, she was 10 of 12 from the line. I don't think, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the Sparks didn't even shoot 12 free throws from the line for the game. Uh, they weren't even close, but like it didn't matter because as soon as Griner was out of the game, they were just gashing mm. Kia Vaughn. Um, and it, it, it was a bad look for her that, that game. So they're going to have to figure out something behind, uh, behind Griner to, to make it through the season and to get into the playoffs. Otherwise they're they're I think they're in trouble. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause if you're not putting it together against, I mean, and the sparks have been playing pretty decent, but I just don't think that there's, I feel like I've been, strongly disappointed 
by Phoenix so far. And that's, I mean, that's that I, I got to be careful what I say here. They're literally one game out of fourth place. So it's not like they're, it's not like they're like tanking and, and being terrible. It's not, they're not Indiana. Indiana's no. in its own level. So technically Phoenix is 11th out of 12 and 12 in the league, but they're one game from being in fourth. Like it, they're not, they're not terrible yeah, records. The middle is, yeah, sorry. The, the middle class of records in this league mm-hmm. are all very similar, but I don't think the, the Mercury are getting stronger. I think their, their flaws are being more exposed versus the Sparks. I thought started out maybe worse than any team in the league, <laughs> uh, including the Fever. I was like hopeful for the Fever more than I was hopeful for the Sparks. And now they're kind of picking their, their selves up and, and, you know, they've, they're, I don't know. Right now, they've they've done about as much as the Liberty, even though the Liberty have a much more talented True. roster on paper. So there's there's reasons to at least hope for the Sparks, but I think Phoenix is moving in the wrong direction. So even though the standings Absolutely. are close, we'll worry about them. Logan, I want to take a, a quick break from from going game to game here, and I got to give just a shout out to the ESPYS and the ESPY awards that are that are out right now. There's several WNBA and women's basketball um, opportunity uh, not opportunities to vote, but but sections here that I got to give some love to. For SB's 2021, there's several areas that we've got WNBA and, and college women's hoops, uh, making an appearance. Um, for best team, both Stanford and Seattle. So Stanford, obviously the, the college team and, and Seattle for the WNBA are up for best team. Currently, there's also, let's see, best athlete in women's sports. You've got Simone Biles, Amanda Nunes, Naomi Osaka, and Bree Stewart. Are up for best female athlete. Wow! You know what? I hadn't seen that until you said that just now. That I was going to say. Some collection. How do you pick out of those? <laughs> I mean, I I think I know, but there's a yeah. discussion to be had. That is a yeah, powerhouse force. Uh, there's actually Shea Petty has a uh, has one in best play. I believe it's match four or match three. Excuse me, match three. Um, that, that her play is, is a part of, um, I don't think there's any other WNBA ones in, um, yeah, there's not any other WNBA ones in best play. Uh, however, let's see best WNBA player as well, uh, is up there. There's, there's four options there as well for you to go and take a look at, um, and uh, and to pick there. So you've got Bree Stewart, Candace Parker, Arike Ogunbowale, and Asia Wilson. So there's those are your four. Go over to ESPN and make sure that you're voting in the ESPYs. Make sure that it's well represented. If I missed any that, uh, if I missed any at all, as far as where the WNBA or even uh, college uh, women, the women's college game. If I missed any of those, let me know. I'm happy to, we'll, we'll hit those up again, but go hop on to the SB voting right now and, and give your, give your takes there. Now, Logan, tonight there was five games played tonight. There were several. I'm just going to run through real quick and let everybody know what those scores were. Um, Seattle beat Indiana 79 to 69. We'll talk about that very briefly. Washington beats Atlanta by three. That game was really close. Atlanta actually had a really big lead early on in the game and Washington came back to, to win, uh, right at the end. Connecticut dropped the ball against Chicago. 
Chicago gets their fourth straight win. Minnesota beats Dallas by 12. And New York gets absolutely throttled by the Aces. Let's just go in order of the way that they happen today. Uh, let's just kind of rapid fire. Give me, give me a two sentence take on each of these games. All right, Logan. So let's start Seattle and Indiana. Give me two sentences. What do you have to say about that game? Uh, Bree Stewart played with her food and then the storm <laughs> okay. got their win anyway. <laughs> That's pretty good. Bree Stewart played with her food. He's yeah. Bree had a phenomenal game. Um, against Indiana just absolutely um I mean she's yeah we'll we'll talk for you here in just a little bit Indiana was within three in the fourth quarter now if you remember my take from last episode Logan I I sent it to you I took a screenshot I'm glad you remembered because yeah when uh because I said for some reason number one teams and last place teams a lot of times those games are like really exciting and really fun and every once in a while you'll see like Indiana just upset Seattle for like no reason. Cause Seattle losing to Indiana doesn't mean as much as Seattle losing to like Las Vegas, right? Or Connecticut, some of those other closer teams. So if they're going to drop a game, if they're going to sit players, Indiana might be the, that opportunity. Um, all right. Two sentences. Washington beats Atlanta by three. Ooh. Uh, Ariel Atkins plays hero. Dream, uh, doesn't matter because the dream took the hell. Like I, I don't know. Well, no. Ariel Atkins plays hero, and then uh, two two teams in desperate need of a win battle to like first team to a hundred. And the dream you know what this reminds me of a little bit. You you can tell that you're you're a writer because you you actually like kind of you formulate them almost like highlights. But it sounds almost like, uh, you know, <laughs> Leslie Nope on Parks and Rec when she's like, when she says, here's a headline idea. And it's like, it's like 38 words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a run on sentence. And she even says like comma, like sub, subhead. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Subheading. Da, 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 yeah. But uh, no, I love it. We will chat Ariel here in just a, a second as well. Um, okay. Connecticut drops to the, drops a game to the Chicago sky. What do you have to say about that game? Standout performances from Copper and Candace Parker deliver Sky's four-game winning streak some legitimacy. Okay, okay. Deliver some legitimacy to the Sky's win streak. I'm liking that. I'm liking that. Minnesota beats Dallas by a dozen. What you got? <laughs> Lynx forgot to play defense two nights ago, remembered against Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's accurate. Okay, that's a really good one. And Las Vegas completely shredding the Liberty tonight. And honestly, could have probably won by 50 if they really wanted to. What what's what's your opinion on this game? What's your sentences on this game? Uh Vegas so much better than the Liberty. They would have beat them even if New York had two bet Nigelanis. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. I like it. I like it. Um, let's go back and, and just break down. I, I, th- I think we've kind of said, well, no, let's get this take in here. Um, Seattle Storm, Bree Stewart, 21 points, 15 boards, three assists, shooting really well. What do you think, Logan? Is Bree Stewart your front runner for MVP this season? Yeah, she is because she's played the best season and she's been the best player on the best team. <laughs> um, but it's it's starting to become a little bit Tim Duncan-ish the way that 
uh, media and the league kind of views her. Like it feels like every time we have a pod, we're like, Oh, she over 20 points over 10 rebounds. That's just what we've come to expect from her. And because expectations are so high, it starts to feel like the norm. Yeah. Um, and it really is not the norm. Like what she does every night is incredible. And I think even if you play against Bree Stewart in the storm, you kind of accept that you're going to have to take your lumps. Like nobody goes into a storm game going, all right, we're going to shut Stewart down. She's going to struggle against us. We're going to make her life hell. She's going to have to pass out of the post and get other, other players involved. Someone else will beat us. First of all, that strategy won't work because Stewie's too good. And second, Sue Bird had a really good game tonight too, which people aren't really talking about because she had yeah. 13 points. And, but like, like Bird and Jewel are shooting so well this season and such dynamic playmakers that you can't really afford to do that. They're, it's very Warriors-ish from about five years ago. It's just like, well, you just got to pick who's going to beat you. Yeah. Uh, because there's, you just can't guard everybody. So I, I don't know. I, I'm invoking Tim Duncan and the 2015 Warriors as a way of saying we've expected excellence from Bree Stewart. And one of the toughest things to do in sports is to perform under like huge expectations. And she does effortlessly every single game. I, I feel like we get this. Uh, I, I don't want we you and I discussed this last game or not last game, last episode. Some of the frustration, obviously, with the Twitter beef that went down and wanting to make sure that we had a discussion on how black athletes are represented in the WNBA. Yeah, um, yeah. We 100% are in support of that. And we actually called out and uh, called out national media for, you know, having a, we, we talked about the New York Liberty in particular, that the national media think that, you know, Sabrina Ionescu is, is kind of the only player you know, maybe one of the only players in the entire league that they pay attention to when Ben Nigelani is having, you know, uh, uh, an all-star slash MVP caliber season. Mm. And if you ask national media, a lot of, and when I say national media, I mean, national media, not covering the WNBA. I'm talking national media that throws some love to the MB and WNBA every once in a while. Does that make sense? People like LaChina Robinson, Rebecca Lobo, they do a great job. Um, but that being said, doesn't mean that that I, I I don't want that to take away from what Bree Stewart does on the court. She's a phenomenal player. She's playing it right at the top. Um, there's only one other player that I think has well, two other players that I think have probably just as impressive, if not more impressive, stats, and that would be probably Tina Charles and Jonquil Jones. Jonquil Jones sitting out right now, not playing in the league. Um, Tina Charles, if if the Washington Mystics can play at the uh, can play their way to the top yeah. of the of the league and not be in the bottom half of the league. I think Tina Charles definitely has a shot at MVP. I think Ben Laney's in your discussion. Um, I think Jewel Lloyd is still part of that discussion. Um, yeah. But it's hard if if Jewel Lloyd isn't if if Bree Stewart has more points and more boards than Jewel Lloyd every you know not every night but across the season. That would be hard to give it to Jim. And you know that there's probably not a group of people in the world that, that uh, are bigger fans than Jewel Lloyd than the four of us hosts. So, yeah, we got to make sure that I, I think that your take right now, I think Bree Stewart probably is looking um, looking like she should be MVP right now. It's close. I think there's still some other people to, t- to discuss. But we got to remember, Brie, it's not like Brie wins it every year. She has one single MVP. She didn't win it last year. She didn't win it in 2019. She won it in 2018. Um, It's not like she wins MVP every year. I think that 
sometimes we we have players like Diana Taurasi, right? Best player in the league wins one MVP because everybody's like, well, we can't give it to her every year. And because of that type of attitude, she just never gets it. Right. And so Bree Stewart is kind of in that talk. And I think Asia Wilson, if Asia Wilson was at the top, like that people might be saying the same thing. They're like, Oh, she just won it last year. Yeah. I do. I do think fatigue is, is certainly at play here because as I said, she's got the expectation to be great. So even when she delivers, we just kind of accept it. Um, you, you mentioned Jewel Lloyd's name a minute ago, and we've talked about her on this pod as being an MVP candidate. I hope people don't think that's just hyperbole because Seattle's playing so well. She is literally averaging career highs across the board. This is yeah. like without question her greatest season. She's playing extra, like if she was on any other team, she'd be like p- potentially the front runner for MVP. Like she's 19 yeah. points per game is a career high, four assists per game is a career high by quite like quite a bit. She's shooting 53% from the Shoot. floor. In, including 47% or, or sorry, she's shooting 47% from the floor, including 53% from two. Um, so her drives to the basket, like they're all going in. Um, she's taking more threes. She's making more threes. Uh, her three point percentage is pretty good. Like just it. I mean, you, you look at that and you think, how could anyone like, how could this not be the best player on the team? But kind of a fun, a fun stat for you. Uh, we've talked about plus minus on the show before and how I'm not like, I don't subscribe to the gospel of plus minus as being like the best stat to tell the impact of somebody on the floor, but it serves a purpose. I think it, I think it improves a story. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Jim has jumped from an 8.3, like average plus minus per game last year to a 10 and having a double digit plus minus, like averaging a double digit plus minus is pretty insane. Really impressive. Uh, Bree has jumped from an eight in 2018 to a 10 in 2020 to nearly 12 this season. <laughs> that's, that's huge. Plus minus yeah. is yeah. To have those it, plus minus. It's like, well, that's two points. Who cares? No, that's, that's significant in the world of plus minus across the season. That's very yeah. significant because, because Bree, to be honest, I, I think 2018, 2018 probably has an argument, but this is probably Bree Stewart's best year. And we're acting like it's more of the same and it's like, it's not really like she's, she's averaging two more rebounds per game than she ever has. Plus minus is skyrocketing. She's taking more threes. She's making threes at the same clip. She's always made them. She's taking more shots per game, which is interesting. We, you know, one of the ways that they've combated losing a lot of their defensive prowess over the, the off season is they've maintained some pretty good defense, but they're also just getting up more shots and t- turning into more of a high powered offensive team. Um, and she's she's the motor behind all of that. So there's an argument for Jim and and Stewie both. And I I think it would be really fun if if they ended up like two of the top three uh, in in the voting. I know that would like the rest of the league would roll their eyes because I do love John Quill Jones. I I think b- before she stepped away, I think Jones was my front runner. And Tina Charles, we both had preseason predictions that were big on Tina Charles. I love what she's doing. But if the Storm go eighteen and four. To start the season, it's going to be pretty hard to to argue against a Storm player. Yeah, I feel that. All right, Logan, let's move forward. Let's talk about the Mystics beating the Dream. This is a close game. This is a close game. The Mystics did this. (laughs) Speaking of Tina Charles, the Mystics did this without Tina Charles. Okay. Um, 
I, uh, before we, before we get too far, I got to give a shout out to Mike Tebow, who, uh, is now the all time winningest coach in WNBA history has 350 wins right now. And it's because of games like this. That's <laughs> this is the reason why, because Atlanta came out, had a solid game, shot nearly 50% from the field and lost to Washington who was playing without Tina Charles, without three other all-star MVP caliber players in uh, Elena Deladon, uh, Emma Miesman, and Alicia Clark. Okay, so you've got four your top four players gone, and you're playing against an Atlanta team who shoots nearly fifty percent from the field. That's not a rep- rep- that's not a recipe for a W, in my opinion. However, well, and, can- and sorry to interject, oh, they good. also only got ten minutes from Maisha Hines Allen before a knee injury. Yeah. So you don't get a full game from her either. Heinz Allen was your breakout star last season, right? So if if you're, you know, it, who probably could have been the most improved player last season, also drops out out of that power forward position that Tina Charles holds down. Now what are you going to do? Well, Teresa plays on and Ariel Atkins have something to say about that. <laughs> These two absolutely... Gross. Killed it this game. Plaisance drops 25 and has uh, six rebounds, three assists. Ariel Atkins drops 32. Drops 32. Is you that ju- good? That's, that's, uh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> seems, seems um, good. Went 10 for 15 from the field, three for five from, uh, behind the arc and nine for 10 from the free throw line. Um, Ariel Atkins at this point, Logan, guaranteed all-star in your book. I don't see why not. This is an Atkins pod <laughs> and I'm, I'm number one Atkins supporter all of a sudden. And, and I'm not saying that as a joke. I think this was, this was needed. I mean, I think the mystics are probably in trouble. Um, they had seven dressed players by the end of this game. Oh, seriously. Um, and, and the, the players coming through for them were not Della Don. They were not Tina Charles. It was Plaisance and Atkins and, and to a degree, Leilani Mitchell, who stepped in and played a bunch of minutes with Heinz Allen out. Um, they just, they went guard heavy and they went small and it worked out for them. And dude, Ariel Atkins, I was a little worried about that take on our last episode. I didn't think people were going to like it. Um, it, it's, it's looking a lot better all the time. She, she, she was unguardable in this game. It was just one of those lights out 10 to 15, three for five from three point. Dished out six assists, forced five turnovers. I mean, that is a stat line. That is a stat line. I, we I, we bring this up all the time. I had uh, strong takes about Ariel Atkins when she was drafted. I said uh, over and over, I was like, I think it's a bad pick. I don't think that she's going to do well in this league. That was my take when she got drafted. Since that day, I have become one of the biggest Ariel Atkins fans <laughs> out there because she shut me up. Um, and I love that anytime a player that I'm like, nah, I don't think so. And they prove me wrong. That just makes me like that player that much more. Um, Atkins right now, um, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm hoping to snag a Jersey out of Washington here pretty soon. Um, working on that in the budget and Atkins is, is probably the one I'm going with. Um, I love me some Miesemann as well. And Alicia Clark's in probably my top five favorite players of all time. But Atkins might be the one I have to get just because I feel like 
I just have to at this point because uh, she she shut me up in my in my prediction that she was going to yep. be kind of a bust. Um, for sure, I think I think as a shoe win as an all star this season, I don't think it's the I don't think it's a question. I think it's guaranteed. One hundred percent, I think deserves to be in the all star in the all star game. Just mind blowing. All right, now. Popping over to the other side of the court, Tip Hayes had a great game. Odyssey, Stim- Odyssey Sims dropped 22. There were five players in double figures for the Atlanta Dream. It's not like Atlanta had a bad game. You know, Atlanta yeah. played pretty decent. And you know what? It, it was, it would have been nice to get it, especially after pretty much wrecking Washington on the 13th back on Sunday, but their schedule's kind of open. Yeah. I mean, it, the, it's, it's going to get a little brutal, but I think they could probably split. Games with New York, the Liberty haven't been playing well as of late. You don't know what Minnesota team you're going to get. Um, you're going to run up against Seattle, Vegas, and Connecticut on a three-game road trip that's really going to, you know, anytime you hit those teams all in a row, that's going to drag you down in the standings. But if they can collect a couple wins before that, kind of mitigate the damage, stay 500 over their next six games, they they might not be going as any... I, I have them dropping out of the playoffs, and I think they will drop out of the playoffs, and I think that road trip will probably be the make or break point of the season for them. So they need to stack up wins between now and when those games begin um, in a hurry, but I think they could do it. It's inconsistent Minnesota and and the Liberty, which is still having some growing pains. And then July it's the start of July is really going to be telling for them. I, yeah, I, I still think there's a lot of the jury out on, uh, on Atlanta, but it's going to be frustrating. I think they're going to start running out of opportunities like they had tonight where you're up big against a team yeah. who's missing all their best players and you can't come out with a win. Yeah, it's concerning. There's not going to be very many of those out there. Now, again, that's not taking anything away from what they did tonight. They actually played a really solid game and were up big and just, you know, the cards fell the wrong way for them and they ended up you know, taking the L, but there's not going to be many games like that available for Atlanta. And yeah, I'm, I'm starting to starting to get nervous for their future uh, and playoff hopes this season. So any other takes that you have on that? Yeah. I, I still think of them as, you know, when they, we earlier in the pod, we talked about the sparks and Phoenix and some teams that um, we were kind of worried about. We don't super trust right now, but like they are, they do seem to be going in different directions. The Phoenix going down and the Sparks coming up. I don't really trust the dream against those. I know we kind of lump the middle class of the league all together. I don't really trust Atlanta even against some of those like mid-tier teams. I, I would trust them against the Fever and I don't know about anybody else to be honest. I just tried to think of someone else and was like, no, like I, I think they're just a very average team that that doesn't they're just a very average team. Now I do think I do think that uh there's an opportunity, you know, if Kennedy Carter getting back on the court uh could do some things there. Um Shakina Strickland getting back out, you know, she's a that she's a major threat from the uh from the outside perimeter. Neither one of them played tonight. Um there's some opportunities for Atlanta to to maybe correct a few things. You know, Cheyenne Parker, Elizabeth Williams, neither one of them got a ton of minutes tonight. I think there's some opportunities there we're just missing out on them. And I don't know if Atlanta is going to be able to put it together this season. Atlanta, we want you to be good. We, 
this it, it would be awesome for Atlanta considering the story that they've had as a organization yeah. over the last year or two. I want Atlanta Dream if they could shoot toward the top of the league under this new ownership, nothing would make me happier. Um I don't think this is the season for that, unfortunately. I Maybe tonight's game is just coloring my feelings on Atlanta too much. I, <laughs> it I think could be. tonight, tonight just stank really bad and it's hard to get was that. To, was out tonight, of the house. but I don't, yeah, I, I don't know if I want to get down on Atlanta after tonight because Washington really just had a phenomenal game. Washington, which they're not, you know, if it's those seven players for the rest of the season, they're, they're not, not going to do it. They're not going to do it. No, it's not happening. Um, let's bump over to Connecticut, Chicago, Chicago with their fourth straight win doing it against the Connecticut sun. Um, obviously, uh, Connecticut still missing, you know, a couple of their best players, uh, John Cole Jones, uh, not playing currently, you know, out with other, uh, commitments. Um, but Connecticut sun still a solid team. You got Brianna Jones, Brian January, Jasmine Thomas, Dewana Bonner. You got some really solid, solid players. Natisha Heideman. There's some great players here for the Connecticut sun. But Chicago took care of business. Chicago had five players in double digits. Kalia Copper had 18 points. Kalia Copper is one of the most fun kind of breakout players, uh, from last season and this season. Um, you know, kind of wasn't really mentioned a whole lot prior to last season when she really came on strong and had a great, uh, 2020 bubble, uh, you know, uh, era for the sky. But. I think that the Candace Parker to the Kalia Copper connection is one I will watch every single day of the week. And I'm absolutely loving it. Um, again, um, really strong game from everyone. Steph Dolson struggled quite a bit um, this game, but everybody else seemed to be uh, doing a lot better uh, out there. Love that we're seeing some more Allie Quigley minutes. Um Speaking of depth, Logan, Chicago actually has a lot more depth than people give them credit for. Um, you've got Allie Quigley, Stevens, Brown, Hebert, and Dana Evans all coming off the bench. Um, all those are pretty strong players that, uh, that I think have found a, a solid role. Um, and then you've got one of the more formidable starting five, uh, in the league right now with Candace Parker, DeShields, Courtney Vandersloot. And then Kalia Copper playing as strong as she has. That's a really strong starting, you know, four out of your top five. Steph Dolson uh, struggling, but, you know, has um, if, if she can get rolling, then this Chicago Sky team really could pop into that upper tier. I truly believe that. So um, how legitimate are you counting this win of Chicago over a Connecticut Sun team who recently lost their MVP candidate? Uh, for the for the next little while, is this are are we are we starting to believe in Chicago again, Logan? I think so. I think other people jumped the gun after two wins against a, a hapless Indiana team and a Minnesota game where Minnesota just didn't defend and didn't look interested the entire game. I, I think people were jumping back on like ah, now we're ready for a championship. And I was like ah, yeah, everybody should beat those three teams. Um, but now it's, you know, you got to play the team that's in front of you. And I know that they're injured, but they're still a really talented group. Um, and I think a week ago, a week ago, Chicago Sky without Candace Parker would have lost to this Connecticut Sun team, even without John Coyle Jones. So I, I enjoyed seeing that. I also really enjoy, uh, 
the kind of the storyline happening with the the sky this year that has to do with their their free agent class coming up there needs to be some urgency in this locker room because this team is not staying together past 2022 uh they basically all of their forwards including Kalia Copper uh, are going to be unrestricted free agents so they're going to have to decide what they're going to do with the Vanderquigs connection whether they want to keep Copper trade mm. her let her walk out the door um one way or another some of those players are finding new destinations after this season. And it would be very interesting to see what the market for copper is. If she keeps playing this way, because I think she is, she's a piece that I would seek out to, to go get. I would not either. There are players in the league where if they're on your team, you're happy, you give them a role to play. They do it well. But then when free agency comes, they walk out the door and you say, Hey, thanks for your service. Mm. Um, copper's one that if I was a non Chicago team, I would be very interested in going and getting and having for the foreseeable future um, because the rest of that team is kind of, they're going to be talented for a while, but they're aging. Um, obviously Candace Parker, they have for another two seasons, but is getting up there. Um, so that, I don't know, that team is not going to be as presently constituted for much longer. Right. And they're just, they're just getting like, we're praising them for not losing a game to a team without their best player but we're kind of taking what we can get from Chicago right now. They are a different team with Candace Parker on the floor. Everybody knows their role. They play much better. They move the ball more. It was really evident in this game. Um, I think they started off weak, but then in the second half kind of came to themselves and realized like we, <laughs> we need to take this seriously. They really ran away in the third quarter and then just, um, you know, they just played. They, they, it was not an intense fourth quarter, which I think helped them. I think they just got to play their game. They got to play a little more loose. Um, but Parker being out there, putting in 15 points, doing what she does, eight rebounds to like three assists. Like, yeah, she's, she's helping move the ball around. Vandersloot's getting back up to her 10 assists per game mark instead of drip, you know, drooping all the way to seven, which still was like leading the league. Um, but. <laughs> But, you know, she's pesky. She's in passing lanes. It was obvious that the starting five, you know, focused in on the second half to win this game. So it's a it's a legitimate win. And I said that in my little like pocket sized recap earlier. Uh, you have to be happy beating an eight win team when they're, you know, when you're a middle class team right now. And there's only a handful of upper crest teams in the league and you get a win against one of them. That helps. It's big. Um, and And you would assume that means you can probably take on most of the teams around you in the standings and kind of elevate yourself above them. We'll see if that actually comes to pass here pretty soon, but uh, their schedule doesn't get any easier. Uh, they kind of fumbled their way through the easy part of their schedule and then finally collected some wins against Indiana. So they're riding a four game hot streak right now, but they've got Connecticut again, two against the Liberty Connecticut again, two against Dallas and then five, th- those five games in a row are all on the road. Mm. Um, Big long road trip before going back home. So we'll see how they handle that road trip and then kind of reconvene to discuss what they're going to be doing in the future. Let's go to Minnesota and Dallas. Speaking of, uh, speaking of Dallas. So Minnesota gets a good strong win here against the wings. Um, there's quite a, there's quite a few, uh, you know, solid things here. Here's, here's one thing that I want to point out for sure. Collier, Fowles and McBride all had really strong games. Um, Sylvia Fowles with 14 and 12. Uh, Collier had 19, 8 and 4. Kayla McBride, uh, leading the pack with 22. Um, those three, if those three are playing really well, 
I'm feeling good about the Lynx's oper- you know, the Lynx's chances at, at winning the game because you've got Clarendon, you've got Dangerfield, you've got, uh, Demiris Dantas. You got some really good players that can, uh, that can bring a lot to, uh, to the rest of the game and, and kind of shore things up. But if your three best players are playing like your three best players, I really yeah. like, I really like the, the Lynx's chances. Now, Dallas, Kind of seemed to struggle a little bit this game, you know, uh, didn't get off to a great start and outside of a, a decent third quarter, really, really kind of seemed out of sorts for a lot of the, a lot of the time here. Um, Agumba Wale, uh, is, is gonna score always, but outside of that, Sabali dropped 10, Alicia Gray dropped 10, um, and, uh, and just, Overall, Dallas did not look great. Marina Mabry went, you know, she got blanked tonight, didn't get a single yeah. bucket. Charlie yeah, Collier getting this, was big. Yeah, and Charlie Collier getting the start, only getting, you know, only making one field goal, coming out with two points. This was not a great, not a great game across the board. Dallas seemed like they just didn't really know what they were doing rotation wise. If you look at the minutes, this is where. Dallas, this is where Dallas is just Dallas. All right. Because, um, the high was 25 minutes. Now, for reference, if you look over at the links, you had one, two, three players all at 34 minutes or, or better. Um, and not a single player on Dallas got more than about 25 minutes. And that was Alicia Gray coming off the bench. Um, You've got one, two, three, four, five. So 10 players all getting about 15 to 25 minutes. That's the range that everybody, uh, 16 to 25 minutes, I should say. Um, I, that, it seems more like a hockey game substitution, uh, than, than a basketball game, Logan. Um, I'm curious, what do you take? What are your big main takeaways from this game? I don't, I don't know if this is one that we need to break down a ton, but I'm just curious what you have um, to say. This is what the Lynx can do when Cheryl Reeve is on the sideline, inspiring them to play good defense. Yes. Um, obviously, the Wings had some of the problems that were self-inflicted, but for the most part, I really put this on the Lynx winning this game with good defense. They came out in the first half. Both quarters looked like they were just absolutely locking down, playing kind of above the level that we've seen them play. Um, this is the team that we expected to see all year, and it's in there, but they're inconsistent, um, and that's kind of why we're down on the Lynx. So far this year when we had high expectations, but seeing them pull this one out was, it was inspiring. It was like, all right, that's, that's a little bit closer to what we expected. Um, but then they also had help because on the Dallas side, I mean, Mabry shoot. I mean, there's cold shooting nights and then there's, I don't even know if you like, it's a good thing she got two steals and a block because otherwise she didn't even register on the score sheet. I mean, 0 for 8, no rebounds, no assists. Just take your seat at that point. I mean, that's a big bummer. We're a, we're Mabry fans here. We're, we're up for the, you know, this, she's a better player than this. She, I, I don't think any of this is news to her. She knows she needs to be better than that and she will be. Um, but that's, you know, rough, rough sledding <laughs> for, you know, for your two. We always, I call her like the two B or the, you know, the second option or when, when Enrique needs somebody, she's got to be there. She wasn't there tonight. That really hurts him. Um, and then as you said, they went deep into their bench. They played 10 players deep. Um, and they got some good performances from their bench, including Gray and Thornton, but 
it's not going to be enough to overcome, you know, the Collier Fowles McBride trio. I was also really happy to see McBride have like a, like a good, this is what they wanted in the off season when they picked her up was a night like this six of 10 shooting three of six from the three point line. Yeah. This is, this was, this was McBuckets at if, if you, if this, if, if Minnesota plays like they did tonight now, I don't think Dallas played terrible. It, they didn't play great, but if if you come in and you you throw down double digit victory over a team that like Dallas, who's been playing pretty solid, a team that you know Dallas has taken number one Seattle to the wire three games this season. This is no slouch. In fact, one of our best performing tweets from the last three weeks has been that I I can't remember who if if you or I tweeted this out, but it was. Basically that, uh, if anybody who circles Dallas as an easy win, uh, is up for a rude awakening or yeah. something along those lines, right? I think you tweeted that out. Um, that tweet, everybody was on that tweet because it's true. This is a good team. Minnesota made it look like an easy game. Minnesota made it look easy. And I think it's because of the defense that Minnesota can play. Minnesota can lock down a lot of different teams. Um, You've really gotta, you've really gotta have a strong offensive game plan to get, uh, get the ball in the bucket, uh, get the ball in the hoop if, if you're gonna go up against Minnesota because they can do that. They may not have the offensive firepower that some other teams do, but they're gonna make you earn every point yeah. in this game. This is a big game too because I think both of these teams are gonna be flirting with 500 for a lot of the season. Mm. Um, I think, I think Dallas might not catch up to there, but they're five and seven right now and I, I do consider them kind of a danger every time I see them coming up on another team's schedule. I think if you get, if, if, if you're not mentally all there ready to play lockdown defense, Dallas might get you. Um, but just, uh, just a quick aside here, just because I think we referenced this earlier. If you want a good example of why plus minus is kind of a flawed stat, uh, Marina Mabry, 0 for 8, 0 rebounds, 0 assists, 2 turnovers, plus mm. 1. She's yeah. a plus one, plus minus. <laughs> I just yeah. thought that was a fun. That's a little quirky stat for you. I, uh, I'm not trying to rain on on the Mabry parade. I think no, she no, is no. really helping that team with what they're trying to do this season. I, I think she'll bounce back and have a great game. Next, had a ru- had a definitely had a definite rough game. Um, let's go to New York and uh, Las Vegas. I want to talk New York first, and then we'll get into Las Vegas because I've got some takes you, there. Are you sure? I do. I, I am sure. I am sure. I've got a lot. I've got some Vegas takes. Um, let's, let's talk. New York got absolutely wrecked. So New York got out to a, a rough, rough start. Uh, they were outscored big time just in the first half. This game was over by halftime. It really was. I mean, nobody's coming back from down as far as, as the Liberty were to the aces at a half. Um, but here's the thing. Got a question, Logan, because a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, I thought New York was supposed to be hot. They've only won, like, I think one of their last five or one of their last six or something like that uh, games. Um, but, but Nigel Laney still drops 20 points, looking really strong, looking really solid. Um, outside of that, not a lot of help. Rashonda Gray actually had a really good game. I, I do got to give a shout out to Rashonda Gray. Came in, played some really good minutes, um, and had a, a really fun uh, interview actually after the game. If you want to hop on Twitter, you can check out some of the highlights from Gray's uh, interview afterwards. Um, not a whole lot from the rest of the team here. Yonescu only gets 15 minutes and has one point. And if you actually look, at Unescu's 
last uh, four games that she's played in. Um, she's got six points against Atlanta, five against uh, the Aces, five against Connecticut, and one against Las Vegas again. Um, so it's not good. It's not good. That's not good. And I, I, there's a lot of people who are curious right now. Well, what's going on? You know, like is Sabrina, is Sabrina a bust at this point? Has she, you know, like what's happening with Sabrina and Eskew? Um, first thing I, I, I got to help keep a little context here. She's nursing an injury. She is, and she didn't appear against Phoenix when they played, I think about a, what, almost a week ago now on Sunday. Um, she didn't play. She didn't play against Phoenix because she's nursing that same ankle that she had a major sprain on last season. Um, it's just, it, it is hard to see that she's getting good minutes though. Outside, I mean, tonight she only had 15 minutes, but against Connecticut, Las Vegas, and Atlanta prior to tonight, she had 29, 32, and 39 minutes, still not putting in the work. It, do you think that that's all injury? Do you think she's in a, in a slump right now? I'm not ready to call her a bust, but no, like, gosh, no. I, I, like not even close. I mean, she had a triple double earlier in the season, right? I'm not ready to call her a bust. Um, but, um, but yeah, like what, what's going on with Sabrina? So yeah, first of all, any, I think any talk of like, oh, is she overhyped or a bust or whatever? Like it's a four game losing streak. Let's keep our shirts on. Like, <laughs> like, you know, those, those stats have, you know, her stats have been down over the last four games. They accompany both the injury that she suffered and the fact that Natasha Howard is no longer her partner in the pick and roll and the offense. Mm-hmm. And she's, uh, you know, she's about two thirds of the player that she can be with a good pick and roll partner out there. Um, so I, you know, I think that's a big part of it that nobody's talking about. Um, you're right. Her points totals are way down over the last four games. And I think that's like She's a, not lot, a lot of the well. offense. Yeah. If, so if you can't move because you're on one foot and you don't have someone taking pressure off of you and setting screens for you and dishing you the ball or being in a second option for when you drive and dish like Natasha Howard was being, I don't really know how you're supposed to create offense aside from throwing the ball to bet Nigel Laney. If the defense is doubling you like that's, it's basically just let's share the ball and shoot whichever shot is a little bit more open. Um, and right now Laney's getting those buckets and, and Sabrina's just happy to, I think she's still averaging like seven assists per game. Um, yeah, she had nine just a couple nights ago, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's not good, but it's four games and it's, even if it continues for another couple, I'm not worried. I, I can't say the full quote on our pod because we're, uh, we're a family friendly pod, but David Ortiz used to just say, I'd wipe my butt with a hundred at bats. <laughs> which is a baseball way of saying, yeah, like I'm a great player. You can go, you can play bad for an extended period of time and still have confidence and like, yeah, but they're a great player. Right. I, I realize we're about 15 total games into Sabrina's career right now. I'm not worried. Like <laughs> I, I think it's fine. I think this is going to be a little blip on, you know, the documentary that they make about her career someday after she's played like 18 seasons in the league, it's going to be fine. Right. Now there's some other players um here that we got to give quick shout outs. Obviously, Laney has been playing. We've been giving tons of love to Laney uh across the board and everybody, you know, is and and it's well deserved. Um Michaela Onyenwere is playing really really solid basketball as a rookie and as a rookie coming in um asking to, you know, you're asking a rookie to to 
put in, you know, a lot of minutes against the Las Vegas Aces, um, who played maybe yeah. one of the By best the games, maybe one of the best games of basketball that I've seen in the WNBA in several seasons. This was yeah, one of the best a- games I've ever seen in the WNBA since we started covering the league five years ago. Yeah, this isn't a reason for Four Sabrina's points to be down necessarily. I think that's more due to injury and her missing teammates. But like, let's talk about the Liberty's record over the last four games in general. They've played Vegas, Vegas, Connecticut in three of those games. <laughs> so yeah. maybe we should cool it a little bit on like, oh, they're frauds. They're not for real. Um, really enjoy what Anunwari has done this year. Sorry, I, I cut you off in the middle of that. She did have a really, uh, I guess, decent game. She she had a pretty good game against Vegas this time around, but um, it, it didn't end up mattering just because the, the point totals were out of control. But right. they, I, I've enjoyed both her and Didi's play this year. The rookies that New York picked up this year are probably my favorite pairing of any rookies. Yeah, that's, there's a yeah. I really like what New York's doing with both of their rookies currently. It's yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot that both of those players can add to this squad, and I think that they're going to be longtime players uh, in the league as well. Let's talk about how freaking good the Las Vegas Aces look tonight. Finally, yes. All right, I want to start. I want to start somewhere <laughs> specific. Okay, dude, Kelsey Plum is making it her mission to just erase the Liberty <laughs> hype because <laughs> her last two games have been like the best two games of her whole career. Yeah, thirty-two and eighteen is what she had over the last couple of games. She's yeah. playing great basketball right now. Like she is very, she's, very. Good. She's shooting more. She's fine. I think she's finally playing for a team that's given her the green light to shoot. Yeah, which is hilarious because it's Vegas and and Vegas says don't shooting. don't shoot the three. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean she's she's like you said, thirty two points on uh, let's see three made three pointers the other night, and then eighteen points on four made three pointers and a bunch of other stats uh, just this last night. She's. She's had a good year. She's been averaging around like eight or nine points a game anyway. But to go out and be like an A-list star scorer looking player, like the player that she was drafted to be over the last two nights, I don't know if she's got some like personal beef with the Liberty. She she surely wouldn't be the only (laughs) one. Um, But it seemed like she was like on a specific mission to just destroy them on the offensive end. And, and those points have basically been the margins of victory for Vegas both nights. It's like, all right, well, we did our normal thing as the Vegas aces. We're a really good team. And also Kelsey Plum gave us a 30 burger. So yeah, (laughs) we're going to beat you pretty bad. Uh, That's just what's going to happen. I think this Las Vegas Aces team is crazy dangerous. This yeah. watching this game, I would be terrified to play Las Vegas next time. Like their like their next game. No, thank you. No, thank you. I don't want any of that. I I don't. No, I. I it's it's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> okay, the the Aces have been looking really really solid. Okay, they've won their last five games in a row. Um, and outside of a close call against uh, Washington, every other game has been de- very decisive, winning by you know twenty or thirty. Um, you know, like they 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 look really really strong. It feels right now like they're only going to lose to Seattle and Connecticut. Like if you're anybody else, you're not. If if you're one of those middle class teams going like, hey, what if we won a game that we're not supposed to? It's not going to come against Vegas. Yeah. That's that's what we've learned half, you know, less than halfway through the season. But that's 
I was going to say, oh, they're eight of their last nine. And then I was like, oh, the loss was Connecticut. And then the loss before that was Connecticut. And then the only other loss was Seattle. So pretty good. Yeah, no, they're, yeah, they've lost their only two losses are against the other two top teams in the league. Um, and every, and, but here's the thing is every other game that they're playing, they're beating teams by a ton. Literally outside of like the Mystics game where they only won by three, like every other game has been pretty decisive. And that's where this, this Vegas team is. Uh, I, I don't think enough people's talking are talking about. Vegas, you know, I think everybody's still like, oh man, like Connecticut jumped out to the top. Maybe, maybe Seattle's better than, or it didn't lose as much as we thought. Uh, no, Las Vegas right now, I yeah. still think, I still think is, is maybe the scariest team in the WNBA. And they're, they're playing in such a way that they're allowing Asia Wilson to not have to play hero every single night. I mean, yeah, this game, they had six players in double digit scoring. Asia Wilson put in 17 points. She only played 19 minutes this game. Um, and it, she, as far as I know, she's not nursing anything. It's just, no, they were up by 30 in the third quarter. So they're, yeah. If, yeah. If, uh, if the NBA this season and honestly, every league, every season is instructive, it's that the healthy teams are the ones that win championships. Yep. And this WNBA season, you've got players missing time for a lot of different reasons and injuries. The suckiest one of them. We hate to see people miss time with injuries. And I think they know if we preserve the Wilson Cambage duo, then everything else. I mean, they've got Dierica Hamby and a bunch of really good players coming off the bench. Plum, as we mentioned before, is one of those. Um, so they have the depth, but I think they still need their starting five if they want to win a series against Connecticut or Seattle. And they're the ones getting the most, they're, they're getting their star the most rest of any team right now in the league. Asia Wilson is not. Probably not going to win the MVP this season because she's not putting in the stats. And, but just remember who Asia Wilson is. Okay. Remember who that is. And Liz Cambage, remember who Liz Cambage is. Jackie Young might be a, a, a front runner candidate for most improved player. Raquana Williams, dead eye from behind the arc. So they kind of replaced what they lost in Kayla McBride. Chelsea Gray, you can't say enough about Chelsea Gray as a point guard. Derek Hamby, six woman, like six, what is it? Six player, six player of the year, like coming off the bench, like the last couple seasons and probably going to, you know, likely to win it again this year so far. Kelsey Plum playing her career best so far. That's seven deep that are all just insanely good. Like that's, yeah. that's seven players that are going to make you earn it every night. S- Seattle has probably two of the top four or five players in the league right now. That's fair. Las Vegas has seven players that are going to eat your lunch. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's scary what Las Vegas could and do. I think Seattle's right now, they're kind of playing bully a little bit on purpose. Like they're, they're rotating the way they would against any team against Indiana and against like the lesser teams of the league. And I know tonight Seattle had a 10 point win against Indiana. That was close late, but I don't think I I still didn't ever really feel like they were in danger of losing that game. Maybe that's not fair to the fever. Um, they did wear their sweet upside down jerseys tonight and it would have been cool to make all the upside down jokes if they would have (laughs) won. Um, 
But I really, I think I love the way that Asia Wilson is playing this year. And I love how she's being coached and how the team is using her because she is playing big minutes to ensure that they get wins, but they're not trying to beat teams by 20. They're just trying to get out with the W's and get a good seed and get back. Their, their mission is championship. Yep. I, you know, they aren't as loud about it as Chicago and they aren't the reigning champs like Seattle, but their mission is championship or bust this year. And you can tell by the way that they're using Wilson that she's not out for an MVP this year. She's not trying to stuff the stat sheet. She's doing what she can to help her team win. And if Plum steps up and hits a bunch of shots and she can play between 20 and 25 minutes a night, absolutely. Like they'll, they'll take that. And lately it's been leading to big blowout wins because those other players around her are stepping up and they're getting into the swing of the season and they're getting a lot of experience in games that I think is going to help them in the playoffs. Um, here's another fact of why I think Las Vegas is, is maybe my front runner for favorite to, to win it right now. Um, Asia Wilson, just talking personalities, Asia Wilson as kind of being your leader. I think that Asia Wilson, someone who can unify a locker room, who's fun loving, who has a great relationship, uh, with the head coach, like Asia Wilson is a fantastic personality and an outspoken leader, like a true leader on, on the court, right? Liz Cambage, I think is the perfect, like, like counter personality to Asia because Liz Cambage has a lot of fun out there, enjoys playing the game and can get under the skin of the other team. So if you've got yeah. Asia Wilson kind of being that positive leader for her team and Liz Cambage being that kind of stir the pot a little bit with, uh, with the other team, like there's so much, there's so many advantages that aren't just basketball skill related that those two players like bring to, uh, that bring to the, to the aces. And you know who's maybe an underrated leader? on this Las Vegas team is Derek Hamby. Derek Hamby like really does lead out and has a ton of, uh, of sway with this Las Vegas aces team. And she's not even a starter. That's what's so impressive about, yeah, man, about the, this team. The aces are just full of players that you look at and go, oh, I'm so glad they play for my team. Like if you're, yeah. if you're a Vegas fan, you're like, Oh, like, Asia Wilson's so likable. Oh, I love yeah, that Liz Cam- I love Liz Cambage's attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Cambage, if she played for another team, maybe you wouldn't be in love with her, but because she's on your team, you're like, you're oh, I stumped. love, like, yeah. I want it to be a little nasty. I want it to be fun. Like, like, Hamby's the same way. I think Plum is the same way. Like, they all have the right attitude. I think you have the right coach to make a deep run this year. I mean, you're, you're a better team than you were last season. And last season, you were in the finals. You weren't in the finals. But you made it to the finals. You made it to the finals. You got swept, but so now, now the mission is go and get yourself, you know, put yourself in a position to to beat the Seattle's and the Connecticut's of the world. Well, it's what the Mystics did when they won, right? They went in, got worked by uh by the storm, and then they ran right. it back and and took the took right. the win against against Connecticut the next year. And and Connecticut's been trying to do this by the way for like for four like straight a, seasons. Yeah, I was going to say for a while. <laughs> so 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 look out for them because I'm not counting them out. Right. Um but I yeah, I like what Vegas is doing. They're probably of the three top teams, they're probably the story that's being talked about the least. I I think people are focused on the Storm being 12 and 2 and looking dominant. Connecticut Sun got off to the hot start. They were grabbing a lot of headlines. Vegas 
steady. Yeah. Like they, they got to prove that they can beat Seattle. Um, and they've lost twice to Connecticut as well. So I want to see that at full force, but yeah, super steady. If, if they're on your schedule and you're not one of those two teams, look out. All right, Logan, we've, we've, uh, taken up over an hour now of people's time. I wanted to have a quick discussion, uh, since it's coming up sooner than we realize here. <laughs> Commissioner's Cup. I sent you a link to the Commissioner's Cup leaderboard, uh, as far as, as where teams are right now. Um, and I'm, and I want to have a little quick discussion about, uh, who's going to be, uh, who you think is yeah. going to be in the Commissioner's Cup. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be Seattle from the West because I don't like we just discussed why, because I don't think anyone's proven them that they can beat them. But Chicago is right in it in the East. I mean, Connecticut's in the lead, but like you wouldn't think the way that Chicago's felt this season that they'd be anywhere close, but a nice little four game win streak and they're currently number two. So I am sort of into that. Yeah, Chicago, if, if Connecticut loses another game or two and Chicago keeps winning, like Chicago's going to be the one playing from the East. Yeah. Yeah. Like the point differential between Seattle and the rest of the, I mean, most of the West is like near zero. And then you got the aces that are doing okay. And then Seattle, um, the Connecticut Sun are way up in points on Chicago, but in terms of record, it's five and two and four and one. So it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, and Connecticut, again, we keep saying this, like they're headed for coming back to earth a little bit. You know, still an elite team, but being without your best player hurts. So, I don't know. I I want your takes on this, because you're probably more excited about this than I am. I, I think I need to see it before I get really into the Commissioner's Cup yeah. thing. I'm excited because there's a half a million dollar prize pool. And, uh, and I think getting more money in the pockets of these players, like, always gets me pretty uh pretty juiced up so i think we should try to win the commissioners <laughs> can we put together a team yeah <laughs> um connecticut chicago is really intriguing to me i think uh i think that's that's big connecticut's played five games chicago's played seven chicago's got one more win and one more loss so if connecticut goes 500 over the next two games that evens up where these two teams are at um i think chicago it might be might be our team from the east. Seattle's going to likely be the team if Seattle drops a game though and Las Vegas continues to throttle teams like they have been. <laughs> Las Vegas has only played 4 games, 4 Commissioner's Cup games, right? For reference, the the Wings have played 8. Right? So they they're they're only half as many games as the Wings have played. Um, they're sitting close. If, if Seattle drops a game or two, Las Vegas, I think is going to make some ground up in that point def- differential because of, of how much they've been destroying teams. Yeah. Um, here's the, here's the problem. Unless Vegas beats Seattle, which they'll have the opportunity to do 10 days from now, they mm-hmm. play them on the 27th. I think v- Vegas makes up ground that way and they could. I, they absolutely could. I, I was just talking about Vegas for like forever and how they're so good. And it's like they could get a game from Seattle. If that doesn't happen, Seattle's not dropping a game for an eternity. Like mm. that you keep saying, like if they drop one, this is remember, this is their June and July of just terrorizing the league <laughs> because they, they play a bunch of softies. I'm just going to say it. They play a bunch of teams that I think they're going to rip through. So th- it's really up to Vegas to take 
take control, like put their destiny in their own hands and win that game. That's a must watch game next, next Sunday. So if Vegas beats Seattle on the 27th, obviously that's, that's a win in, uh, that, you know, that's a, a going to even the records out, but also would make up a little bit of the difference in the point differential. And then right. Vegas is playing, um, they've got the sparks, the links, the Mercury, the Wings. They've got they've got quite a few games here. Seattle have uh, two games against the Sparks and two games against Phoenix. I I don't know. I guess you know I keep marking Phoenix down as like they're going in the wrong direction. Oh, Phoenix is still a really every, good team. Yeah, every Seattle Phoenix game is you just <laughs> it's a coin flip. I, it doesn't matter who's playing. It's like a college football rivalry game. It's just like look, weird stuff happens. Their social media teams get into it. Teams leave disappointed. Like I, I'm excited for that little doubleheader there because you're right. Phoenix actually does pose more of a threat than I've been. Right, and I don't, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if the Sparks are gonna um, do anything against Seattle. Uh, speaking of Logan, if uh, if I were to tell you <laughs> that Indiana is not the team with the worst uh, point differential in the commissioner's cup. And in fact, aren't the worst by nearly 30 points. <laughs> yeah. Would that blow your mind? They're currently at a minus 44 point differential in commissioner's cup games. The sparks. It, yeah. Yeah. It's you have to remember the, the first two games of the year, two games into a 34 game season or whatever it is. People were like, Derek Fisher needs to get fired. Like, <laughs> like he needs to go. That's how bad that team looked. Yeah, they're minus seventy-two points in point differential in oh five gosh. games. Oh boy, I'm not a math guy, but in five that's games, a pretty, by the way, they that's a pretty miserable. Average. They won one of those five games, so they've lost four games and are minus seventy-two in point differential. So let's say that they won the game by eight points. Okay, just arbitrarily. I actually, I just because I don't want to look it up. Let's say they won by eight points. Um, that would mean that those four games they lost by an average of twenty points. That's Yikes. that's not good. <laughs> so, I, yeah, the the intrigue here is definitely not with Sparks Fever, but that is a fun. Yeah, that's a fun stat. Um, something else I just noticed. I I do think it's important to note that. Seattle has won and lost a game, or no? Am I looking at preseason? What am I looking at? Because the head-to-head, the first head-to-head is, the first tiebreaker, excuse me, is head-to-head record, right. and then it's point differential. And Seattle's got one win against Las Vegas. So right. if Las so Vegas, Vegas ties, ties the series, ties it, it goes to point differential, and right. right now, Seattle's got a 15 point point differential on Las Vegas, but that could be made up. That could easily be made up. I think I think that's a I think it's a it's a closer it, that's a closer race than than I think we're giving it credit for. Um, but we'll yeah, see. Circle on your calendar. Oh, it's good. It's on ESPN. 2 p.m. on ESPN, Sunday the, the 27th. Done. They will host. Are they are they hosting Seattle? Yeah. Yes. Pretty awesome. sure. That's going to be a really good one. That is going to be a very fun game. Uh, all right, Logan. Hey, we, uh, we've covered a lot of real estate tonight. We've been all over the board. We've talked about literally every single team in the league. Every once in a while, I feel bad when we get done with a, an episode and we look back and I'm like, dude, we didn't even talk. We didn't even mention. <laughs> Actually, we didn't really bring up Indiana. 
because they didn't really, I, you because know, they though, didn't play. I think it's okay. But I think if, I if think, Fever fans are listening, I think they're like, please don't talk about it. I think us. Fever fans are like, please don't just don't, don't say anything. Don't say we anything. We don't need it. <laughs> just know we're really We would have talked you, about you fans. more. We, we had a question in the Twitch chat earlier about which, uh, which coaches might be on the hot seat. Um, and we, Marianne Stanley. You know, this, yeah, this, this episode is so packed full that we didn't get to a lot of some of, the, some of those questions, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, the fever, the fever coach, fever coach A. Doesn't matter who it is, uh, they're on the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, Marianne Stanley's. I don't know if she's going to last uh, very much longer as the fever head coach. Um, here's what I'll say on Mike for uh, for fever fans. Okay, this is uh, this is our all. Here's my Indiana take since that's the only team we didn't mention tonight. Why in the world? Does the front office and everybody promote Tierra McCowan as like their top, you know, their top player? Like Kelsey Mitchell's phenomenal, but the front office is pumping like Tierra McCowan, taking like she's in every like promo. And then she doesn't start like half the time and she's only getting like 20 minutes a game. I don't get it. I think Tierra McCowan's uh, a, a top five big in this league and gets no playing time. I'm I'm flabbergasted. I'm completely blown away at the fever's lack of Tierra McCown usage. When she gets on the court, she makes a difference. Do it. Just start playing McCowan more. My goodness, it's it's so bad. Unless you're purpose, maybe they're purposely tanking Logan. Maybe they're really trying for that maybe. number one draft pick because next year, I mean. Ryan Howard, Ryan Howard's yeah. a really solid pick out of Kentucky. There's some big names coming into the draft potentially next season. Um, maybe yeah. they're tanking. I think it's maybe that's cool why McCowan's that, getting some rest. In fact, I, I think the NBA could learn from this as they could in a lot of ways from the W. Um, I think it's cool that they have a two year look back window when it right. comes to drafting, but that means that they're like the top competition for Indiana right now is New York. Yeah. And obviously New York's future is a lot more solidified. I mean, they've got three or four players on big max deals. I guess two, two players on big max deals and then Sabrina, who they're obviously going to keep forever. Right. Um, and they're going to build the team around. So they have like a plan in place and they have a core that's locked down money wise for years to come. Like they have a future. <laughs> Indiana. I don't know what Indiana's future is aside from maybe you tank and then Tierra McCowan. Like you let her make the leap that she's capable of making now next year. I don't know, dude. Seems like I'm, a weird decision. I'm just so confused. I'm confused. By, um, by the and, and what's going to happen is the same thing that happened with Erica Wheeler, which is by the time she's in her prime and she's ready to be a superstar. I don't know if she's going to be interested in committing to Indiana. Like that's, I don't know. I want, I, I think Indiana, I feel bad because I think fever fans probably listen to this episode for like an hour, 10 and they were like, please don't talk about it. Like, we just had a close loss to Seattle. It still hurts. <laughs> we don't need to talk about it. And I feel bad that right at the very end of the show, it's just like, man, I'm sorry that you're like, I don't think it's a player problem. It's probably not entirely a coaching problem, although the, the game plan seems to be we're not trying to win the game if Tierra McCallum's not out there more. Um, so it's just a over, it's a complete overhaul. That front office, the management, Look, I'm a Blazer fan. I know how you feel. Like you have you have a great player and you're just not helping them out. You're just waiting for something to come save you instead of doing it yourself. But it's like uh, I hope 
I hope someone buys that team and like, I, I don't want anyone to move it. I want them to be good in Indiana and I want to see the fever be good. And I want to see their, like, uh, I want to see their rookies do well, but I think we all saw that news that like, Oh, like their injured rookie that hurt her foot. Like she's going to be back and she's going to be available. And we all kind of joked like, yeah, she's not going to play. Like even if they're down by 30, she's not going to play. They just don't get their rookies experience. They don't play their stars. I don't know who they do play. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, and I, I want them to be good. I love Daniel Robinson. We're a big D Rob pod. Like before anything else, we're a D Rob pod. <laughs> before uh, before anything else <laughs> like and and we're and the upside down jerseys are sick and and they did the there was a moment of excitement tonight where i checked the scores and i sent you the screenshot and i was like you called this like this is a three-point game <laughs> and then literally i walked up the stairs which doesn't take me that long and by the time i got up there they were lo- losing by 10 yeah and i was like how like <laughs> how is that possible um so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Fever fans. We love it's you. It's going to get better. We love you. It's going to get better <laughs> it, because it's not going to get any worse. So it's going to get <laughs> It literally can't better. get worse. I <laughs> so. guess if you won zero games, it could get worse. But after that, no, it, you, you can't get worse. Logan, we've talked long tonight, but it was uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad that we, we covered everything that we did. I had a blast. Uh, I'm really excited. We've got a really, really fun next couple weeks ahead of us. Um, my wife and I are officially, uh, gonna be hitting up a Dallas Wings game coming up here soon. We're gonna be flying out to Dallas, uh, against Chicago on the 2nd of July. Um, and Jason and his wife are gonna join us and go to a game. Maybe we'll see, uh, Logan take a trip out too. I don't know. But we just kinda decided that like yesterday. So, <laughs> so that's, that's coming down the pipeline, which will be a lot of fun. Um, We'll see. Maybe, maybe we could sneak Steve away for a little bit of time. I don't know. I know he's, Steve's like dad of the year. He's like, if there's anybody who, who takes parenting seriously and who really does a phenomenal job with it, it's, it's our good friend Steve Schwartzman. So if, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't expect him to be like, yeah, let me, let me take off and, and leave my wife and, you know, newborn and, and three year old. You know, I, I don't think he would, but it would be sweet if he did. <laughs> I would like be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> be a lot cooler if you did, Steve, as you're listening to this, dude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, some good stuff coming down the pipeline. I'm excited to hear um, a little bit more info about WNBA All Star coming up July 14th. Make sure you got that on your calendar. Uh, should be a pretty fun format there. Kind of a warm up game for Team USA as they uh, get ready for the Olympics. But uh, Logan, anything else you've got before we go ahead and sign off for the night? No, man. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, for supporting. This was a big episode. We had a lot of games. We'll have a lot more for you by the time we record next, probably on Monday. If you want to come join our our Twitch chat, we've been doing kind of a Monday-Thursday rotation that's been working for us. So we'll recap the weekend then, talk about updates to the standings, anything that changes from uh, from today's take, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of other stories that emerge over the course of the next few days as well. Thank you all for helping us crack that top 100 basketball podcast page. Yes. Uh, as well as all the five star reviews, the merch, the interactions, the Twitter follows. Um, we, we really, we love and enjoy all of it. And even those that are kind of behind the scenes right now, Steve and Jason, they're still involved. They, we got a W chat going all the time where we're all watching the games. We're all commenting. We're all sharing about how much we really enjoy interacting with all of you. So. 
Thank you for that. Thanks for sticking with us in a in a big, heavy. This is basically a double dose of WNBA Nation for your weekend. So hopefully we got you through some work. And uh, yeah, Monday we'll be back. Uh, I've got one five star review to read out loud. We got a yeah. new one this week. Five star reviews. Shouts to K- talking about. KP2011. Title of the five-star review says, This show is great. Uh, they say, I'm a beginning blogger, and one of the things I like when I'm typing is good basketball conversation. This show has been has great basketball talk for the WNBA. I've been watching the WNBA for a long time, and this show is a great listen for me. Appreciate that, KP2011. Shouts to you. Really, really appreciate that. Um... But uh, if uh, if you want to have your five star review read out loud, go ahead, hit that five star review on Apple Podcasts um, and type a little something up. Let us know what you think. We'd be happy to hear about it. But Logan, let's go ahead and uh, sign off for the night for WNBA Nation. I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time. <laughs>